morning, everyone, and welcome back to the World Cup Daily Podcast with me, Fergus Mainland, Imogen Ainsworth, and James Price. And we are delighted to be bringing you our first of many uh, morning episodes uh, throughout the Rugby World Cup taking place out in New Zealand. And it's been a cracking morning of rugby so far. We've had two Pool C games, and our Pool A match is just coming into its closing stages. Uh, so we'll run through our two Pool C matches first. Uh, France against South Africa and England against Fiji. Uh, two matches where we saw the two dominant teams running rampant across their opponents. And we'll start with that early kickoff. Uh, James, you had the honours of that early kickoff. France against South Africa with France running out victors 40 points to five. And what honour it was, Fergus, to be up at 2am. I'm in no way tired. This is, uh, it's been a wonderful watch. But to be fair, it was worth it. It ended 40 points to 5 to France. Uh, three tries in the first half um, from France, from uh, Sanzu, from Vernier and from Boulard. Uh, and then another three in the second half. Sanzu, once again, as she always is. Uh, Drua and Grier. Uh, and one try as well in the second half from South Africa for Mabengi. Um, 40 points to five, that is the scoreline, but that definitely doesn't tell the story of the whole match. France dominated in the opening quarter. They were 19 points up within uh, about 16 minutes, 17 minutes it was. Um, and then they sort of did a very French thing and stopped playing for a bit. Um they suddenly became very inaccurate. Um, there were a lot of unforced errors. Um, and this was after South Africa had really had a pretty terrible opening 20. I mean, it was pretty um, pretty brutal from from their coach, Libby Janssen van Rensburg, who was starting 10. Uh, she was hauled off after just 24 minutes for Zene Jordan. Um, to be fair to her, she'd had a pretty terrible opening 20 with the boot. Um, and it was necessary for her to come off. Um, but it was pretty brutal from the Sefers. And as soon as that happened, they started playing pretty well again. They started dominating the uh, the French in the set piece. Uh, the kicking game got better. And at the same time, they were forcing France to make mistakes. Um, so, yeah, it was opening quarter France, middle quarters South Africa, and ending quarter France managed to boost the scoreline and ended up with a, with a healthy, healthy scoreline in the end. Yeah, I was just going to say, looking through those statistics, I mean, everything is heavily weighted in um, France's favour. Sort of 554 metres made against 311 uh, set pieces won. France won 22 over South Africa's 21. But it's that penalties, as you mentioned. Really poor discipline, I think, from the French. 16 penalties conceded to South Africa's 11. And to be honest, in an international game of rugby, you're not wanting to go. You're certainly not wanting to go above sort of seven, eight, nine, and they've um, they've gone way past that. Yeah, for sure. It was it was those middle two quarters were interesting to watch from a from a French perspective because they really weren't putting together what you'd expect them to put together. Um, and South Africa were looking really, really impressive. Um, it was just things for France like there was just so much inaccuracy. I've I've got something written down in the. In the 57th minute, this is when they're chasing the game, trying to get back into the game. Um, and they just, France just weren't supporting their players going into contact and uh, they ended up having this, getting turned over after having some really good ball. And then they just weren't supporting their players into contact and they looked lazy, they looked tired. I wasn't sure what was going on. 
Um, but in the end, they managed to pull it back in 40 points to five. I guess you can't argue with they've won with a bonus point on the opening day. So obviously they'll come away happy, but there's definitely a whole lot to improve on if they're going to challenge the likes of New Zealand and England. Yeah, massively. And I suppose, Imo, France there, we, we haven't picked France's probably our team to, to make it through to the final, but they're coming in ranked four in the tournament. And you've got to cut down on these penalties in particular if you're wanting to get into the latter stages of uh, of this Rugby World Cup. Yeah, definitely. I think I think they could have a good chance of coming out of their pool, but if they keep giving away penalties like that, then I don't think they're going to make it very far, if I'm honest. We're, we're looking forward to seeing how this France team gets on. And um, I suppose, well, not to take anything away from them, James, they smashed South Africa 40, 40 points to, pie, to, to five. But I think the fact that they were up so quickly uh, by so much 19 points you said after about 20 minutes which suggests that there is they just need to keep their foot on the gas for a, a more sustained period of time if they're going to go up against the likes of the Englands of this tournament later on down the line. I don't think we'll see them play again as badly as they did in those middle two quarters I hope not for their sake um, because they've got the challenge of England next week and they need to be more consistent throughout the 80 minutes um, I I think it might just be cobwebs playing against um, South Africa, who have a lot of motivation coming to this. Obviously, they didn't play in the previous World Cup, so they haven't played since 2014. Um, They had a lot of motivated players out there who wanted to stamp their mark on this tournament. Um, So, all in all, I think it's not too negative for France in the end. It's just pulling together personal mistakes. I think it was more a case of them perhaps losing it than South Africa. Um, forcing them to make those mistakes. Who knows? That's a toss of a coin opinion. But um, but overall, I, I I think they will still you know end up going out of their pool and ending up where they want to be. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to France. They're winners of the first match of the Rugby World Cup twenty twenty one. And um, to be honest, if they don't win the World Cup, well, at least they can say they won the uh, the first match of it. But Imo, our um, our second match, England Fiji. <clears throat> And uh, the tournament favourites, England, starting off their campaign in a, well, a dominant, um, they battered Fiji, there wasn't really much competition, excuse me, enter any sort of superlative you want to about the match, 84 points to 19, and it's a tournament record in terms of that scoreline for England. Um, starts don't really get better than that. No, I I don't know where to start when talking about this game. It's record breaking breaking fourteen tries, as you said, and also record breaking a uh, number of tries scored for Claudia McDonald, who um, scored four out of those fourteen. And we must commend Fiji for actually managing to get three tries past the best in the world. The most recent uh, Six Nations, England only conceded four tries, so managing to get those three past is something that we should definitely be applauding. Um. Some silly make mistakes at the start. England looked slightly on edge. Um, Fiji definitely brought a kind of sevens flair to the game. Um, they tired a bit in the second half, I think, because they were using their speed and their power in that in that first half. But they managed to score even despite having a yellow card. Um, and we also must uh, remember Scrum Queens actually posted on Twitter. Ali said that Sarah Hunter, the England captain alone, has played 16 times the amount of tests of the entire Fiji team. So that is ridiculous. So yeah, they've only ever played seven international games. So to be able to rattle England, both uh, the captain Sarah Hunter and the head coach Simon Middleton, so they were rattled in that first half. But 
I think some some calm talks at half time managed to let them pull it back and I think Fiji's uh, fatigue at the end was what cost them but they did manage to score last try of the game so that that's good that they can continue that way. Um, Abby Dow also came on um, after her um, injury in the Six Nations. She hadn't played a game since the Six Nations game um, where she broke her leg and she managed to score a try as well within minutes of being on the pitch so I think that's a massive personal achievement for her and the coaching staff and physios at England Rugby. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant stuff. And uh, I think, Imo, the other thing that we saw before uh, kick-off, before all the matches um, uh, kicked off in the early hours, it was um, England's captain going out and uh, putting on um, on her on her boots the names of, what was it, was it the two teams, uh, the two, was it the two World Cup winning teams that have come before England? Yeah, so uh, Poppy Cleo, actually, she... Um... The team in '94 and 2014, she's got the names of all the all the World Cup winners, which actually includes some of her current teammates. As six of them in this current team played in the World Cup in 2014, so it must be quite an inspirational thing for her to be playing alongside some of those women as well. Yeah, a really touching tribute to them, and I think it, I think it goes to show um, that they've got the full support of an entire nation and uh, behind them, and they're very much doing this for all of the women who have come before them and set the set the precedent to get them into the position where uh, we are today. Uh, so really chuffed, really chuffed to see that. I think it's, a, as you said, a lovely touching tribute there. Um, so yes, England 84, Fiji 19, and um, their campaign getting off, uh, to be honest, as we would expect. And I had the pleasure of the, uh, I say the later kickoff, um, I mean, you guys, fair play to you guys. Yeah, we're getting up in the middle of the night for this. <clears throat> but I had uh, New Zealand against Australia, which actually we should say is still ongoing. There's about five minutes left in the match, which is that efficient at recording these podcasts. And we had the hacker, we had the fly pass to get this match up and running. And then the script, I think, was just ripped up and thrown out the window. Uh, half time, um, there was Australia who were up and leading uh, 17 points to 12, courtesy of Ivania Wong and uh, Bien Terata uh, scoring two tries. And it was just, it was as if New Zealand were just caught in the headlights of this of this match opening on. It was, it was poor from them. They were just, discipline was lacking. Um, one of the tries was scored off, off, a, off a duff pass from 30, 40 metres out. And it, it's almost as if they weren't quite ready to step up the occasion of hosting this World Cup. And clearly they've gone into their halftime chat. They've had their heads sort of knocked together and they've been like, right, pull your socks up. We've got to go out and perform again in the second half. And to be honest, that's exactly what they've done. Um, we're looking at the clock now. It's ticking over about five minutes left, as we said. They're now up um, 41 points to uh, to 17 so I'm trying to do my maths quite quickly. That's they scored just over right, what, 29 points unanswered in this second half, uh, which is which is phenomenal from them. It it does help when Australia dropped down to 13 players. Um, it was their captain actually Shannon Parry and Ivania won the try score early on. They went off at the 57th minute. Uh, and I think Shannon, she was lucky to get away with a, a yellow card. It could have been a red, um, but the I think the uh, TMO and the, the referee decided that because it was shoulder to head, it wasn't 
as dangerous as it could have been. So lucky, very lucky to get away with that two yellows there. But James, I just I just thought it, it wasn't the start that you should be having if you're if you're looking out to win a World Cup on home soil. They're getting into their stride now, but slow to get going, New Zealand. I wonder if they're the the situation maybe got to them in the opening opening phases. They're they're in a sellout crowd in New Zealand in a home World Cup. They've never they've never had that before. And I think that would be totally understandable and they've shown their class in the rest of this game. I just saw a, a very funny tweet from Scridge Rugby who's just said essentially that Portia Woodman has had a very quiet game and yet she's scored a hat trick. Um which kind of shows what this team is able to do with the individuals they have. Um, people like her are just obviously absolute scoring machines. So when the going gets tough, like it did in this first half, they've always got those individuals who can pull them back into a game. Um, so again, maybe similar to the France, just a little bit of some knee knocking in the early parts of the game, but hopefully nothing to work, to be worried about. No, I don't think so. I reckon, um, I think similar to France, they've just got to tidy up on on discipline, and they've, as we've said, they've hit their stride now. Um, it's it looks like a fantastic venue that they're playing in, uh, mm-hmm. under the lights on T one of the of the Rugby World Cup. And to be honest, it's back to business as usual. I think maybe scored... so, just your uh, your thoughts on Australia. Um, obviously, they've come out very strong in this first half and put in a very strong performance against a team they haven't mm-hmm. won against before. Yeah, um, I think. How do you think of their chances going for? Do you know what? I think hats off to them. I, I really think hats off to them. They've they've performed well. They've got their. They've made good ground as as we said in those opening stages of the match, and they played this match. I think the only way you can, you've got to come out hard when you're going up against one of the favourites in the tournament. You've got to come out hard. Um, but we've just seen that it's been New Zealand all the way since halfway and as soon as you drop down to 13 players you can't win the match you can't win the match 13 against um 15 and they shot themselves in the foot with with that high tackle there australia i think if if it had still been 15 on 15 um i think we'd be talking about a very different scoreline in this last um 10 minutes of the match or so but i think it's it's a mistake that they shouldn't have made i mean you don't make high tackles. You've got to put. You've got to play better than that, uh, particularly when you're going up against New Zealand and you've got a chance of, of getting something out of it. But now you're you're definitely not getting a losing bonus point. New Zealand have got their bonus point, and it's it's one of those things you you wonder well what what could have happened. Well, I must say I think we've been gifted with a pretty awesome first day of, of action, don't you? I mean, forty points to five in my game, eighty points to what was it in the Fiji game? Uh, Eighty-four nineteen. So. 19 um and, and we see people like South Africa and Fiji who've didn't play in the last World Cup Fiji's obviously in their first World Cup playing some really awesome stuff I mean we were chatting in the opening part Emma and saying this they were, they were really getting under England's skin in the first 20 um and obviously Australia yeah. has come up and given a real go at the at the world champions so yeah Sarah um, Hunter afterwards said it was one of the toughest first halves they've had and they're 26 games unbeaten in a row so they Fiji must have really got under their skin in that one I mean, there's been a lot of chat before this World Cup about the difference in standards between, you know, the top teams in the world and and, and the up and coming teams, and the score lines might suggest that that ultimately that is true. But in terms of performance, in terms of entertainment value for what we're getting from these games, the, the some of the in some of the periods of the game, it's really really very tight. So I I had a lot of fun. Must mention as well, um, 
in the England match, Sadia Kabea, she's 20 years old, fifth cap, and she won player of the match. She's also got the number seven shirt this week, um, ahead of Marley Packer, who's uh, injured. It just shows the kind of strength and depth in the England squad and their spoke for choice with positions next week. You know, especially the wingers and, and the number seven, they put in such consistent performances that those those spaces are becoming quite tight now. Right, it's your call, Emma, who's playing, who's starting at seven in that France game. Can, you drop, Marley, but Can you drop her? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd want to say Marley coming back fit from injury with uh, Sadia as, you know, reliable hands to come on later in the game. But after her performance today, I just don't know. She she made a fantastic run and offload, um, which led, led to a try. So we, we shall see what Simon Middleton goes for next week. Yeah, looking forward to seeing the lineups that come out. But of course... Uh, as the clock goes red in New Zealand against Australia, uh, Australia have just been penalised for coming off their feet. Uh, the ball's out of touch and New Zealand, they're off to winning ways in their World Cup campaign. But if you're feeling sad that day one is over, fear not, because day two starts again tomorrow. We've got USA against Italy, Japan against Canada and Wales against Scotland and uh, we'll be handing over the reins to Caleb, Reuven and Alex, who will be talking you through all of the action tomorrow morning. And I think just looking ahead, we've talked so much about that uh, Wales-Scotland match. That'll be a really exciting game between those two those two home nations. We obviously wish them all the very best, but at uh, Scotland, just a little bit more luck than Wales. <laughs> Not that we show any bias, of course. Where's that with the big Scotland flag in his background? Yeah, <laughs> you can't tell, can you? Um, That'll wrap up our first episode, our first um, daily episode of uh, the World the, the World Cup Daily Podcast. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it and stay tuned because we will be with you every single day between now and the end of the tournament. 